without any further ado, I want to talk to you about uh, take back your now. Take back your now. And what does that mean? Well, in the garden, God required simply that Adam and Eve would tend to the garden. Right? And we've been hearing uh, a lot about uh, a lot of things in this world today. Yes? We've been hearing a lot of people's opinion about things. But what happened at the garden was that someone, namely Adam and Eve, heard a whisper that led to something else. And there was nothing too complicated about it. Here's a tree. Don't touch it. Pretty simple, right? You have all this other stuff. All this other stuff. But this right here, this tree, don't touch it. It's not really that hard. Unless you are someone that's not focused, not alert, and you're very, very curious. And that a lot of times happens with the little ones. You ever told a kid, don't touch that? Why? And they go and touch it? Some of you are like, I just did that this morning. We could all feel like that sometimes, right? When someone's like, don't look back. What's the first thing you really want to do? Right? Well, what happened there in the garden affected a lot of people for generations and generations. After that act of a disobedience, after that act, the world was forever changed. After that disobedient act, we were driven from the garden and a lot of things became different, right? The earth would now produce weeds. The woman would bear children in pain, hopefully not during the service. <laughs> and they both would be removed from the garden, never to be accepted that way again because of that act of disobedience. Man's relationship with the creator was forever changed. And now, because they were so worried about the next, they didn't look at the now. Are you with me? God said, right now, don't touch that tree. Don't touch it. And what happens is you start thinking about the next. And if you look at it, everything happened that happened badly happened because they thought about the next and not thought about the now. You can't control what happened yesterday, can you? You can't control what happened yesterday. Here, you can't even control what happens tomorrow. But you can control your feelings and your thoughts right now. Their feelings and their thoughts were about, let me touch what I shouldn't be touching. Who's with me? I wonder what would happen if. And so they lost track of the now looking at the next. Adam and Eve didn't defend their now. They didn't defend their now. So now we have to, as human beings, take back the now. Because everything's about distraction. Case in point. In that same situation with Adam and Eve, what did the serpent say? He lined the idea of this. Watch this. Did, did he really say? You with me? There's that voice. Did he really say that? A little ounce of doubt. A little ounce of distrust. Just a little bit enough. Just enough for you to make a bad decision. They didn't defend there now. So what does God's plan require after this walk of disobedience? After this act 
of disobedience. Well, we look at Deuteronomy. And Deuteronomy chapter 10, everybody turn there with me for a moment. Deuteronomy chapter 10, fifth book of the Old Testament. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Fifth book in 10th chapter. And at that moment, and now Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? But to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and to keep the commandments and statutes of the Lord, which I commanded you today for your good. Let me ask you this question. Here, pop quiz. You ready? How much of his ways did he say we should walk in? Oh, good. So far we got an A. Now let me ask you this question. How much of your heart and your soul should you put into serving the Lord? And how much of your soul should be in what you do in following his commands? Now that's not really leaving much room for doubt, is it? It's saying not most of you, not man, I really gave it a good try. I gave it a really good try. God is saying, give all. Because he gave all. And God says to you today, remember the sacrifice of Jesus. He gave all, so what? You can give half? He gave all, so you can give a good, hearty effort? No. He gave all, so we can give all. Say amen if you agree. He gave all, right? So we have to be careful not to live in the past, not to worry about the future, but to live in the now and realize what is before you. Why? Because God is in the now. So what do we have to do? We have to now take back the now because we're living in a world right now that everyone wants to get your attention. Does everybody have their phone on silent? Because no doubt in a moment, something's going to go off. Notification will go off. Freedom of my church is live. Something's live. Somebody has something to say. Because everybody's got something to say. How many of you have your notifications on when someone goes live? Hopefully you put mine on. I, I do try to have something relevant to say to you. Somebody's like, no, I turned everybody. Uh, well, no, I just turned you off, Pastor Tony. Hopefully that's not the case. But Someone goes live. Someone goes this. And some of you are like, I, that's why I don't have social media. There's some great benefits to that, but I'll get to that in a minute. But the reality is what made everything beautiful about the redemption process is God with us. It's not just a Christmas story. Come on, somebody. It's a Christian story. God with us, right? We read Matthew 1, and 23 up on your screen here for a moment. And a lot of times we read this as a Christmas story, right? Follow me, media team. You ready? Matthew 1, 23 says, All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophets. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means what? God with us. And we say, oh, that means Jesus in the manger. Right? Everybody say, oh. Okay, you got that out of your system. Good, good. Because that's what we read at Christmas, Right? We read God with us. How about the fact that this should happen 364 other days of the year? 
Not just on Christmas. God wasn't with us just on Christmas. That's when we honor, that's when we recognize, and that's when we set apart to remember God with us. But guess what? God is with us every day. Every single day, God is with us what? Now. Say it with me. God is with us now. Was he with us yesterday? He was with us. Is he going to be with us tomorrow? Absolutely. But that's not what we're living in. We're living in the now. So every decision I make should funnel through God in the now. We have to defend that now. Some of us, we have to redeem that now. But here's what we all have to do. Watch this. We have to take back the now. Because everybody else wants a piece of your now. Hello? Everybody wants a piece of your now. Young people, you know what I'm talking about, right? Everybody wants a piece of your now. Come to my party. No, come to this party. And, then, and I'm, I'm living that with young kids in the house now. I feel like I'm going this place now and that place now. Lisa, you go that way, I go this way. We got we to gotta divide and conquer here, right? You take this kid to there now, and I'll take my kid to that now. And this now and that now. And you, some of y'all don't, don't, you're not even thinking about now. You're thinking about next. You're thinking about lunch. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand if you thought about lunch already. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to put you in that position to lie. Some of you are like, yeah, that buffet sounds really good. Thanks for thinking about that, Pastor Tony. The God with us idea was not a Christmas idea. It's a Christian idea. That every day that we walk, God is with us. How you doing, Pastor Tony? I'm good. God is with me. How you doing? I'm good. God is with me. Good. God is with us. Right? That's a game changer. When you start looking at your circumstance and realize that God is with you, you don't have to conquer that thing yourself. How many are grateful that God is with us? Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody put in the comments right now. God is with me. Come on, somebody. I got one amen. Sister Debbie's got my back right now. God with us. So let's look at Isaiah for a moment. Can we do that? Let's look at Isaiah. Isaiah 43, 2. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. That's a good promise. How many of you realize you probably should memorize this scripture? Isn't that a good one? Isaiah 43, 2. Memorize that scripture. Get it in your head. Like my mama used to say when I was a kid, get it in your coco. Get it in your head. Get this idea that God is with you. And I have to get it in my head that when I pass through the waters, God is with me. When I pass through the rivers, he will, they will not sweep over me. When I walk through the fire, I will not be burned and the flames will not set me ablaze. How many have been through fire recently? How many have been through some stuff recently? You've been through fire? Know that God is with us. There's a fourth man in the fire. But notice that he wasn't noticed until they got into the fire. Some of you are like, I don't want the fire. I don't want the fire. But nobody noticed the son of man until they got in the fire. Nobody noticed the son of man until they got into it. Why are you thinking that somehow when everything is great, the son of man is always going to pop up? Oh, he'll pop up. He's always there. But we're too busy not seeing it because we're looking at the next. The reason why we look at the now is when things get hot. When things get fiery. I thought I'd get an amen on that. That's a good preaching right there. 
Listen, I got to get two weeks of preaching in. So y'all going with me? The son of man wasn't noticed. Did you hear that? Until they got in the Until it got hot. Until it got tumultuous. Until it got difficult. It's a game changer. It's no mystery why it said the flames will not set you ablaze. The fire comes. See, when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Why? Because God is with the presence of God defines the effects of fire. You notice how the presence of God is always referred to in some way like fire? Did you notice that? Did you know that fire can be both helpful and hurtful at the same time? Okay. You ever cooked? Right? Some of you are like, nope, microwave. Hey, it, sometimes you got to do what you got to do, right? What I'm saying is this. Controlled fire is good fire. Out of control fire is bad fire. Right? As long as it's controlled. In the same manner, fire, when it comes to God, all depends on who's possessing it and who has control of it. Give a torch to a two-year-old. Why are you laughing? That would be ridiculous, wouldn't it? That's not controlled fire. That's out of control very soon fire. <laughs> you watching me? Put that blowtorch, that same blowtorch in the hands of a welder. And it creates. Same blowtorch. Why? It's whose hands it's in. See, what destroys in some people's hands will empower in other people's hands. Come on, that's a good word right there. See, the effects of fire change when it's in God's hands. Psalm 16, 8, I will keep my eyes on the Lord with him at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Why? God with us. When I say why, I need you to say God with us. Are you ready? So when we keep our eyes on the Lord, we will not be shaken. Why? I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Why? It is our relationship with God that stabilizes that fire within us. It's our responsibility to keep our eyes on the Lord so that that fire will continue to run into other people. It is our job to contain that fire, right? How many know if you're at a campsite and you got a tent? How many know it's not a great idea to give a child a lantern Inside of the inside of the tent. Uh, no, you're getting an LED flashlight. Go ahead, have fun. Do all that you do. Why? Safer, right? It's all in whose hands. And we go ahead and we get all upset because we allow our world to be put for other people to take that lantern in our tents and destroy. And why in the world will we give lanterns to the enemy in our tent? When we believe lies, when we, be, when we believe the worst, when the enemy reminds you of your past, why don't you go ahead and remind him of his future? Seventeen people. Come on, somebody. Y'all could do better than that. 
You need to, no, no, I'm serious. You need to remind him of his future and notice that you have one. Yeah, you have a past, but yeah, you have a future. Right? Come on, somebody. Because God is our refuge, Psalm 46, 1. He's our refuge and our strength, our ever-present help in time of trouble. I love this psalm, Psalm 139. I got a lot of scriptures for you because I don't want you to just hear from me. I want you to hear from the, from the word of God. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, say it with me. If I make my bed in the depths. If I rise up with the wings of the dawn, if I settle up in the far side of the sea, even if your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold fast, will hold me fast. Why? Because God is with us. He's with us, right? So what am I saying? I'm telling you that there has to come a point where you have to realize that right now God is with you. If you're a believer... And you trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. God is with us. If you have not trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, God is present. You say, well, Pastor Tony, isn't he with the unsaved? Not like he is with the saved. He's given them, he's given them rights to be called sons and daughters of God. There's something that you have as a son and daughter of God. Watch this. That you don't have as someone who has not come to him as Savior and Lord. The world wants to say everybody is God. The whole world is God's children. No, the whole world is God's creation. Let's not get it twisted. It's those who accepted him that he gave them the rights to be called sons and daughters of God. So I want to talk about awareness because I've noticed that our awareness of the truth is under assault today. Yes? Our awareness of God is under assault. Some, some would say, some will say that God is no longer present in this world. And that's very easy to say when you look around, right? I don't know. Have you turned on the news lately? Have you watched anything? Sometimes it's best to shut that off and, and just say, God, you be my spokesperson. You tell me what needs to be. You tell me what the word of God needs to tell me. But you can turn us on. You can turn us on YouTube as well. What I'm saying is that there's a whole line of people that are ready to tell you what they want to tell you. But I want to give you six practical ways because your awareness right now is under attack. And I want to give you six practical ways. And this is real easy, real simple. But I wanted to put this in front of you. Maybe you want to kind of write this down or snapshot it or something. If you're online, take a snapshot, a screenshot of this. I want to give you six practical ways to set the Lord before you. How many know it's important to set the Lord before you? How do I get myself to a place to hear from God? How many have ever asked that question? Honest, honest to question. Uh, this is an honest question. Raise your hand. How many have ever said to yourself, I really want to draw close to God, but I don't know how to do it? Raise your hand. Nice and high, nice and high. Everyone, most people, super spiritual guys, hang out with me just for a little bit after service. I want to rub off, I want you to rub off on me. Because there's times that I feel the same way. And so let me give you a couple tips. Can I give you some real, real quick practical ways? And I'll give you my, my quick points here this morning. I want to give you six practical ways to let the Lord come before you. Number one, invest consistent time with God. That's very difficult sometimes for us, right? Invest. Now, notice I said don't spend time with God. I want to be very deliberate with my wording here. Invest your time with God. 
Because no matter what, you're either investing or spending your time every day of your life. You're either spending your time on something or you're investing it. God is worth investing in. He is a stock you can bet on. Come on, somebody. You can invest in your time with God, and that will grow you. Invest consistent is a key word, too, time with God. Number two, listen to praise and worship music on your way to work or wherever you go. Why? Because that will change your alignment of what you see and how you see it. To be like, well, I'm not used to praise and worship, Pastor. Well, maybe that's why you, why you might be in the trouble that you're in. Let's be honest. Because you're listening to something. You're listening to something. And if that's not feeding your spirit, guess what? You're going to react to whatever it is you put in your body. Whatever you allow your ears to hear. Whatever goes through this ear and out the other one, guess what? It doesn't always come out this one. It comes out this one. So if I put, if I put garbage in here, it's going to come out one way or the other. For some people, it goes through and it doesn't bother them. Very rare. But for most of us, it goes in here and it comes out here. And then we go, but why am I thinking like that? Why am I talking like that? That was not like me. Oh, yes, it is. It's very much like you. Nobody took your mouth and moved it. It's, it's absolutely you. So what am I saying? I'm saying listen to praise and worship music. This is practical, guys. This is not like, where is that in the scriptures? That's just, this is just practical nuts and bolts. This is, I will fill my heart. There's a lot of scriptures I can give you. I won't go into that right now. But if you really want to know, there's so many scriptures that tell you to put yourself in position to hear from God. Okay? Third, you ready for this one? Memorize a scripture. Maybe a scripture a week. But memorize scripture in some way. I already gave you one, right? I gave you that Isaiah 43 too. Make that your scripture this week. Memorize that scripture this week. Isaiah 43 too. Oh, I can't memorize. But you can know every license plate number you had. Every song from 1986. When you had that one date. Right? You can memorize all these different stats for football teams and baseball teams. You can memorize everything that person ever did to you back in high school and 11th grade. But you can't remember a scripture? Fake news. You can. You can. You can. Don't let the enemy lie to you. You can. Start with Isaiah 43, 2 if you can't find one. Number four, attend the church. Attend church. Period. Come on. There's something that happens in a room like this that doesn't happen. And I'm so appreciative of those of you that are online, but something happens in this room. I talked to some people this past week that said, man, we were at home and we were streaming and it's just not the same. Trust me, it's not the same for me either. When I'm staring at a lens for those months that we were down. Staring at a lens is not the same as staring at you. Y'all like, thank you, Francis. I did my hair today. It's not the same. Something about joining the fellowship and getting around people. It's not about the lights or anything like that. It's about the fellowship. 
Attend church, get filled, get that sort of um, atmosphere going in your life. Number five, share your faith, serve someone in the name of Jesus. Share your faith with someone. Why are you doing this? Why are you buying my groceries? Why are you? Let me tell you why. Because there was a time where I was struggling and the Lord provided for me. Guess what? You provide something for someone, they're going to hear your testimony. If you offer it. Open your mouth and share your love of God. Share that with someone. Last but not least, be refilled with the Spirit. What does that mean? Man, get into his word. Get into the worship. Get into the fellowship. Connect with people. Don't wait for, some, don't wait for life groups to show up. Have a life group in your house. Have, listen, if you have, by the way, if you are open to having a life group in your house, see me or see my wife or Pastor Corey or, or, or Nisa. Either one of us, we can help you kind of, we want to know who's open to open up their homes here and have groups in the fall where people just come on over once a week or whatnot and just be a part of that community. How many long for that time again? How many long for that connection? I do. I love when I have people in my house. I love to do that. But how do you, how do you get refilled with the Spirit? You get around people that want and think and desire the same things you do. Right? So the assault of our awareness cannot prevail. The enemy wants to make you disaware. I'm not sure that's a word, but maybe. That God is present. He doesn't want you to think that God is with us. He doesn't want you to feel like God can change a life. So the three enemies of the now. Are you ready? I gave you those six practicals. Here's the three enemies of now. Number one, real simple. Number one, don't allow what's next to rob you of the God who is right now. I get it. I'm a visionary type of person. I'm flawed. Can I tell you this right now? I'm flawed. Not floored, flawed. I am flawed and I'm imperfect. My family will tell you. My friends will tell you. You stick around me long enough, you will see that. Hopefully, hopefully, there's something good that comes out and blesses you in my life and I try to be that. But I know I'm a flawed person. But one thing I do know is that I'm a visionary. I see things, I don't always know how I want it to happen, but I'm a visionary that way. I see certain things that I want to happen, I believe God gives me some things, and what I want to do is I want to put people around me that know how to put together, hello, put together what I see, right? I can see things, I just can't draw, right? I can't put it that way. I see things, but I can't draw it. What I want to do is put artists around me that can draw. And good leaders will put people around them, not just to say yes to them, because anybody that will just say yes to you, that's not good leadership. I want somebody that will do the things that I can't do well and do them better than me. You with me? Everybody with me? Surround yourself with people that are better at you, better at certain things than you are, and don't be intimidated by that. Because that can rob you of the gift that is that person in your life. So what am I saying? And Western American Christians, as Western American Christians, we are often consumed by what's next, right? The next project, the next ball practice, the next thing that we need to purchase. The next, the next, the next, the next, the next. It robs us of the now. In fact, some of you are thinking about tomorrow. I need to go back to work tomorrow. I need to prepare this for tonight. I need that. That'll rob you of the right now. Some of you walked into this room thinking about the next before you even got here. And that takes away from this moment. And God wants to speak to you. So I say all that to say, be here. Present. Not in body alone. But focused. 
and alert so God can speak to you. God speaks to the people that are here now, that are here now. In other words, focused on what is happening here now. We can get consumed by what's next and rob us of the now. Somebody say, take back your now. Number two, don't allow notifications to rob you of your awareness of the right now, God. I've I've learned um, that there are times when I can tell when I'm short, ten, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? My attention span is short. I can tell. So here's what I do. When I know that my attention span is short, I leave my phone, my iPad, uh, and sometimes I have to put my watch even. Come on, somebody. How come they get you on everything? Do not disturb. Put everything away. Why? Because my, 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 my Bible doesn't have notifications. Everything's got notifications. That will rob me of the now. So sometimes I have to grab a paper Bible, a notepad, and a pen. Come on, somebody. And I get with God. Why? Because notifications can rob us of the awareness of God right now. So I just got back from the beach and my wife was sharing a little bit of her story. And for me, that time away is a detox. And some of you are like, I text Pastor Tony on Tuesday and he didn't get back to me till like yesterday. I was on vacation. And I did everything in my power not to pay attention to social media. I tried very hard. I answered a couple things, commented on a couple pictures here and there. But I really did my, my, my best to be aware of the right now with my family. Sitting at the beach, I was tempted. And I grabbed my phone a few times. But you know what I also did? I opened up the Kindle app and started reading on my own. Stuff that I wanted to read. Not just to prepare for a sermon. Not just, something I wanted to read. Come on, somebody. Do you realize that a recent study found that the average iPhone user touches his or her phone 2,617 times a day? Two thousand six hundred seventeen times a day. One, two. Some of you got like scrolling syndrome, right? You know what I'm talking about. And, and so you just touch your phone over and over and over and over and over. And I've been there. How many know that that can be a very addictive thing? Why is that addictive? Why is that addictive? Why is that addictive? Why? Because I I had the fear of missing out. They call it FOMO. FOMO. F-O-M-O. Fear of missing out. I don't want to miss out on that one baby picture. I don't want to miss out on this person's engagement. I don't want to miss out on that person's food that they're eating in Costa Rica. (laughs) Or that person in Nicaragua. Why do we take pictures of food so much? I'm starving when I'm scrolling sometimes. I'm like, that was delicious. I want that. 
why do you got to take a picture of your steak? I, I really want to see it, but I don't want to see it. 2,617 touches. But we can't touch our Bible one time. God help me, God help me. Honey, you got to go to church. <sighs> Don't want to run into pastor, make him think I wasn't reading this week. Let me crumble this up a little bit so it looks like I was reading it. You're good. Let's go. Come on, you laugh, but there's a little bit hint of truth in there. We can touch our, our iPhones 2,617 times. We get offended if somebody tells us, how you been today? Did you spend time with God? Let's not be that person. Take back your now. Stop waiting for somebody else to tell you what to believe. This is God's house, God's people, God's will, God's way. And we got to take back. See, I, I had these moments where I, I start evaluating myself and I realized I probably am going to have to take moments of digital Sabbaths. And maybe you're with me. Maybe you want to join me in this digital Sabbath. But for the next few months, maybe one day a week, no digital anything, one day a week. Somebody that's not sure about that already. I don't know. I'm thinking about this digital Sabbath thing. Because I find that I, I think clearer when I don't have everybody else's voice in my head. I'm going to consider this as a new practice in my life. Because one day a week without my phone on, a few hours a week. Listen, I understand because I don't consider myself a very, very important person. But I do have responsibilities just like you do, you know. You're running a church, a phenomenal church like you guys have great leaders and I have to stay in touch with them. But I also have to be able to be sane. I also have to be a father. I also have to be a husband. And can I be, can I be real transparent with you for a moment? Some people say that, well, pastors, you know, pastors have it tough. They're on 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Can I tell you the honest to God truth? I don't like that idea. And nor do I subscribe to it. And I'm telling you the honest to God truth. I'm your pastor. But 24 hours a day, seven days a week, I can't, I can't be there for you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And still have my family. You know what? There are people that did that. God bless them. God bless them even more because they no longer have a marriage and they have kids that are ruling the world in a whole wrong way. I'm not going to gain the church and lose my family. I love you, but I can't. And I notice that when I'm away with my family, how quickly, how quickly I can turn. Before I left on vacation, I was trying to set everything up while I was away. and I got three phone calls in one day. Right? I'm on vacation, literally like day one. Like I'm trying to get some things done and very difficult. I'm not saying that for anything else except I had to make a decision to shut it down. Even my wife said, you need to put some things to voicemail and deal with it later. And I appreciate that voice of wisdom for my wife. So you all need to listen to your spouses sometimes and stop getting all defensive. Because sometimes they're looking out for your best interest. Amen? I'm trying to save your life. I'm trying to save your marriage. I'm trying to save your home. 
Don't let it fall apart because of notifications. Amen? Detox. Detox. Number three, don't allow the noise to rob you of your awareness of the right now God. Distractions is what the enemy is really good at. How many know he doesn't create anything except havoc, right? (laughs) And that's not really creativity. Distractions of all, all kinds take place in this world. And it's reoccurring conflict within the body of Christ. And I want to tell you something. It's the noise, the noise, the noise. That quote, right? That noise, it's always that noise. It's that noise of something, someone, somewhere doing something and saying something you should believe. You should believe this. You should believe this. Dear believer, God loves you, period. He is with you, period. He is in you, period. God is with us. And if God is with us and God is in us, look at me. Doesn't he want to reside in a life that is focused on him? Not a life that is elsewhere every single time. You ever talk to someone? Let me ask you this question. Show of hands. I want you to give me, raise your hand if you're honest to God that's ever happened to you. You ever talk to someone? Now, honest, this is a real question. You ever talk to someone and you were talking with them? And then all of a sudden, you know something got their attention. They're looking past you. And they're looking elsewhere. And they're like, "Mm -hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. You You ever talk to someone like that? And you're like, they don't know what I'm talking about. They don't know what I'm saying. Some of you are like, hmm, that happened this morning. That happens with spouses sometimes, I'll be honest with you. My wife will say something, she'll be like, Tony. And I'm like, I'm just nodding. I don't know what happened. I was nodding. I was like, yep, yep, yep. My mind is somewhere else. And she's like, you ever had that? How many times does God do that before he goes, all right, you know what? Go ahead and do what you need to do. He doesn't have to talk to us. He chooses to commune and have a relationship with us. And we're looking right past God. You know how you look past God? When you think about what's going to happen next instead of thinking about what's happening now. What is God telling you about your now that you just overlooked because you were worrying about the next? You with me? I find this is very important. This is a now word for all of us. No pun intended. This is a now word for all of us because I feel like in this day and age, if there's anybody that has to stay in the now, it's the church of Jesus Christ. You with me? If anybody has to stay in the now, it's us. It's us. Because if we don't stay in the now, we will miss what God is doing. And the world will pay the price. We are the extension of God to this earth. The extension of God. Look at me. We are the extension of God. And just like we have been in those moments where someone looked past us, how many times do we look past God to the next thing and God is like, I'm right here. I'm talking to you. Not that person, not that person. I'm here and I'm only here for a short time. One day he's going to crack the eastern sky and he's going to come back for his bride. You and me. 
And what is he looking for? A church attendance sheet? How many times you gave in the offering? Nope. You know what he's looking for? Did you have a relationship with my son? Did you have a relationship with my son? What did you do with the good news? Come on, somebody. So I say all that to say this. Let's become aware of the once again assault that is on our awareness of God. Let's now focus our attention on Jesus. And so all across this room and all of you at home right now, just bow your heads with me for a moment because the three enemies of now want to take a hold of your life. And I don't want that for you. The believers should understand what Zephaniah was saying. Just close your eyes for a moment. And and, and if you would, my prayer for you is this. Zephaniah said, the Lord your God is among you. A warrior who saves. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will be quiet in his love. And he will delight with you or rather in you, with singing. Father, I pray for every person at the sound of my voice. Lord, as a pastor, I know that there are times that myself, I get distracted. And I'm not perfect. Nor are the people listening to me right now None of them are perfect, but we've all desired to get better in some way. So I ask you in this place, would you allow your Holy Spirit to be our our surefire notifier? Lord, that we would be able to sometimes put down the devices and put down the things and lay down the lies and focus on you the author and finisher of our faith, the way, the truth, and life, the chief cornerstone, the one who was and is and is to come. I thank you that you are loving, you are kind and compassionate, and you're patient. Thank you for your patience right now. Thank you for God with us. This is not a Christmas story, but a Christian one. You are with us even to the end of the age. Lord, in one day, you're coming back again for a bride that knows you. And we want to know you. Come on, just lift up your hands all across this room just for a moment. I want you to say this with me. Say, Jesus, I want to know you. Father, I pray that every person would be in the now, right here. We want to be in the know. We want to know everything that's going to happen. We want to know everything that's going to take place. We want to know the will of God for every single moment of every moment of our lives. But maybe we're not in the know because we're not in the now. Help us to be alert to what you're doing right here, right now. Father, I pray for a detox of our spirit a detox of our lives, that we will start to dissect those things that take our attention. We can, we have time. 
No one in this room is granted more hours in a day than anyone else. We all equally have the same amount of time. But how we invest or spend is different. Help me to be more investful in my thought and investing my time in consistency with you. None of us have aced this part of our lives. But I realize that the more time I spend with you, the better person I am. So help me, God, to be better, not bitter, better at what I do. Because I've spent time with the Savior right now. I pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And everybody said,